0: in a hurry to just, we want to sound smart. We want to sound like we we heard you. And and that's where we go wrong. That's where the communication lines are broken.
1: Hey, I'm Shauna. I'm a business mentor and leadership coach. After years of working with leaders and professionals, the one thing I can say is I do not have all the answers. And guess what? I'm okay with that. This podcast is dedicated to having the conversations with the people who have been where you are or have the expertise that will help you to streamline, simplify, and take the guesswork out of growing and scaling your business. Each week, we will dive into guest interviews, tips, trends, and strategies that will help you to cut through the fluff. So if you are ready to take your business to the next level, stick around. This is the Skill to Grow podcast. So hello, hello, welcome back to the Scale to Grow Podcast. And today we are talking about the role of communication in your business success. And I have with me today Roberta, who is a communication coach and the host of the Speaking and Communications podcast. And she brings not only her amazing communication skills and expertise to us, but also 15 years of experience in engineering and management consulting. And One of the great things about her experience is it led her to realize how critical soft skills are, not just in your professional life, but also your personal life. And that's why today she helps C-Suite's executives to lead more effectively by improving their communication and soft skills. So, Roberta, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shauna. That was a wonderful introduction. No, this is is all you. So no lies here. So wanted to make sure that I captured everything. So this is such a wild journey for you because you started from being a teacher or probably before then, but you were a teacher in South Korea and then now you're a coach for C-Suite. Tell us a bit more about that journey.
0: So the 15 years you mentioned earlier, I started business I went to work with the engineering companies, and at the time, I'm from South Africa, at the time, my country was going through political changes mm-hmm. back in the mid-90s, and so you had a lot of new political leaders heading government departments, and obviously, they need a lot of consulting and advisory services on how to, you know, bring the country together. So we were more the transportation division, and... I remember my boss saying, you know, Roberta, I want to study engineering so that I could sit in my cubicle and do my work by myself. And yet all I do now is talk to people because there was a lot of consultation involved, Mm -hmm. you know, and because he was willing to step out of his comfort zone and do that, even though he didn't like it at first, he was able to climb the ladder, be a director of the transportation engineering division and take part in, participate in profit sharing. The company made millions, hundreds of millions. Um, he, I realized that he wasn't the smartest guy in our team. I think that was key for me, which is somebody, which was what nobody tells you at university. And after 15 years of yeah. being in that environment, I decided I wanted to travel. Somebody suggested I study in South, uh, I teach in South Korea, which I Googled. I'm like, I can do this. Yes. One of the things that also... Was, was something I learned was a lot of people don't cope and don't even finish their 12-month contracts. I stayed there for a decade. And the reason is if you, don't have the, if you don't do the inner work and if you don't have the soft skills to adapt to a new environment, which it doesn't necessarily mean a different language or culture like South Korea, but even in the workplace, if you move companies, if you move divisions, if you are not adaptable, you will struggle. And there comes a point when you realize it's not the
1: place, it's probably you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how did that, uh, so it sounds like that affected your approach, your communication approach. So what specifically changed for you in that moment? Realizing that
0: a lot of these skills, we, when we go to university, we learn the technical skill on how to do the job. But the human element, which is what mostly soft skills are, the emotional intelligence, being able to resolve conflict, being able to listen and understand people where they are coming from, is not something we get taught. Unless, of course, which I've never studied, I don't know if people who do masters in communications focus on that, but this is where a lot of us struggle. Mm -hmm. And like I said with my boss, he became a leader, not because he was the smartest, but because those skills he had innately in him. And that's when the dots connected for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so taking your boss's example, so he was very technical, and he recognized that in order for him to grow into the role and become the leader that they needed him to be, he had to grow in his communication skills. Mm -hmm. So he focused on that. So how, so you've worked with C-suites now and what do you notice? So he's one example of that, but what do you notice when someone is doing communication and have it in ear quotes? What does it look like when they're doing communication right? When they're doing it right. Yes.
0: First of all, you need to let go of your ego. Realize that it's not about you. Whether you are doing a business presentation, here's the thing: if there's a project team of ten people and a division of ten people, and the boss says, "Who wants to go and present to this potential client and market up business?" Not everybody mm. raises their hand because everybody the fear kicks in of I don't want to stay in front of people, I don't want to make a mistake, I don't want to be known as somebody who messed up a pitch uh, a pitch for you know getting this business. So you worry about yourself and. If you remember that you are there to serve the audience and not be worried about so being so self-conscious about what are they thinking of you,
1: mm-hmm. those are the
0: people who tend to be. It's almost like you're opening your heart, even your body language. When people have they fold their arms, they closed up. It's because they are so nervous. They're worried about what everybody's thinking of them. Whereas if you are communicating and you realize, hey, we're in this together with this audience, they, they're they rooting for me. Always remember they root for you. Your entire mindset changes, your energy changes, and you actually get them engaged as well. Have you realized how when people are nervous, they just rattle off, they just speak so they can get it done with and go home? whereas if you make it about them it becomes a conversation yes you are presenting to them and telling them about what the company can do so they can buy your services but it's a conversation you can even have whether it's an activity or playful moment to get them to do something and take the focus away from you Because at the end of the day, I know we teach communication skills and there are things and tools you must implement, yes, but always remember to just be yourself. People are looking for Shauna. They're not looking for a copycat version of Roberta who comes in Shauna's body. Mm -hmm. So the people we remember the most when they speak to us are those who make it about us as the audience and not so ego-driven or so afraid and obsessing over what others are thinking of them. That's Mm -hmm. the first thing. And then, like I said, the first, second thing is don't worry about making a mistake. We all do. I probably have started at least twice since we started this conversation. You know what I mean? (laughs) But if you would have known, (laughs) exactly, just carry on. And it's also, if you make a mistake or something, something technical went wrong before we started, You make a joke about it. You know what people do when they're nervous? They actually just carry on and think nobody noticed and hope nobody remembers that that happened. I would suggest that you actually address it, have fun with it, Mm -hmm. so that the elephant in the room is out, and then you carry on. Because people are thinking about it and they're noticing. But... I find that when you when people are so good at communication skills, they can handle those situations seamlessly and just carry on and know
1: that this is part of life. This is part of the process. Mm -hmm. So so the first thing is take the ego out of it. Mm -hmm. And the second part of it is just acknowledge that mistakes happen and just roll with roll with it, be kind of fluid and flexible in terms of The fact that things might not go as planned. It might not come out as you might intended. But number one, who will really catch what what you were planning to say? Because nobody knew what you were going to say in the first place.
0: Exactly. You're the one who prepared your stuff. They don't know it. It's the first time they're hearing it. And in going with the flow, you won't be nervous if you are prepared. People say, oh, no, if I prepare too much, my speech is going to sound rehearsed. Prepare so much that it doesn't sound rehearsed Mm because you're just going to speak naturally. Those tend to be the best communications, uh, people with the best skills, because they are so prepared with their material. Anything you throw the way, you you throw a question they weren't ready for, they're going to answer the question and then carry on where they left off. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, they are prepared. You cannot be overly prepared. There's no such thing.
1: Mm -hmm. And... And when you were saying it, uh, one of the things that I knew that uh, I, I learned even in my corporate life was the the benefits of having like mental models or frameworks in your head for answering different questions. Because especially when you're doing pitches, depending on the audience, how do you follow follow through even if you forget things? Mm. So that you can pick up where you left off. And that was one of the things that I I learned when I was presenting to have just many frameworks or scripts that I would follow that I would just pick up on point forms that could help kind of tailor kind of my thoughts, especially when, when you're kind of anxious, when you're nervous, how that kind of disrupts kind of your, your ability to stay focused. Mm. So. It
0: was, it's easy to stay focused when, when you prepare. the confidence level is higher. You don't do this thing, I don't know if you've noticed, of people just writing the entire novel on a slide. Guess what's going to happen? People are just going to read it and not look at you. The engagement is off. You've put this barrier of a slide where you're going to read every single thing. Some people read faster than you. So by the time you get to the last word, they're already thinking about their bills because they were done reading the slide a long time ago. So those are the things that... But if you just have bullets... Bullet points of keywords of things that you know you're gonna cover, and you prepared enough, and you know your material, you have
1: nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if if there was one thing that someone can zoom in on to help them to be more effective at communicating, and this is not for presentation, but just wondered they're, they're having like one to ones or face to face conversations, like what is that one thing that you would say? this is where I think you should start.
0: Self-awareness. If you are aware of how you communicate, you help others understand you and how you communicate. Because here's the thing. I can say something right now. And if I say, "Shona, please say it back to me. You probably decoded it and had a filter in a way that you, you know you are, you understand and see the world. And when you say it back to me, it's not going to be exactly as I meant intended for it to mean. you understand. Mm-hmm. We are all different. So a lot of the time, especially when there's conflict, especially with one-to-one communication, it's usually not that the other person is vindictive or doesn't mean well, but it's how the other person recorded the message, In their system. So, if you can be clear in your communication and help other people understand how you communicate, and in turn, hopefully they will help you understand them, Mm -hmm. then you can communicate in a way that they will understand and and be able to decode the message the way you intended. And with listening, the reason we have two ears and one mouth, and they say use it in proportion. Is because when people are are, are communicating with you, don't be busy formulating an answer of what you're going to say next or what advice you're going to give them or how you're going to sound smart in the next statement. That's where the line is broken, literally. Mm -hmm. Just listen. Just, Just digest and breathe and really take in what Shauna is saying and then... You can, you know, send the message and say, okay, this is what I've heard. Sometimes it's good to repeat as well. Say, Shana, did I hear that right? Are you asking me to give the one important tip when people are communicating face-to-face? You see what Mm -hmm. I did there? Just to Mm -hmm. make sure that I heard you the first time when I was listening. But we are so always... In a hurry to just, we want to sound smart. We want to sound like we we heard you, and and that's where we go wrong. That's where the communication lines are broken. So be aware of of how you communicate and help others understand you, and also learn to listen to them, to break mm-hmm. that barrier.
1: Yeah, I love that because that's one of the things that I always say when it comes to not just leaders but just people in general. It's it's the listening that always. It's always the the challenge for everyone. And if you just listened, you would have heard what was said and what wasn't said so that you could actually have a healthy conversation as to where do you go next? Mm.
0: And that what was said part is mm-hmm. the, the underlying nuances, the energy, the emotion that, that comes with it. But if you are into just the shallow
1: words, there's a lot you're going to miss. Yeah, yep, a hundred percent. So, as so as business owners, you know that we have to communicate a lot, Mm -hmm. and a lot of it is, you know, not just a selling, but also just communicating value to people who who are customers, potential customers, and people who might be potential partners. So, what are some of the challenges that you've seen like business owners struggle with when it comes to communication?
0: Here's the problem with capitalism. Capitalism has made us put money so much in the forefront that we forget that we're still dealing with humans. Yes, it's important. Yes, businesses exist to make money. Yes, to all of that. And I'm not discounting or underestimating the importance of money in a business. We need it. We need to get paid. We need to pay our business expenses, etc. But we have become so detached from the human element of business. It's almost like we're going back to in the, the industrial age. When you remember that it's not just the money they will pay you today, think of the long-term relationship building aspect of that. Because here's the thing. When, let me give you an example. I'm on a, a, a website where they give me a whole list of potential podcast guests who apply to be on my podcast. Mm-hmm. and I, obviously you go through people describe what they do and some of them is not really relevant so I will just skip those they will be relevant for other podcasts Guess what, you know who's the first guy that I responded to and say yes I'd love to have you on my podcast besides, besides the fact that it talks about public speaking and communication do you know what it did that made him stand out what he said no, hi Roberta just your name he said, hi, Roberta, because everybody else says, I'm an expert coach. I'm a public speaker. I'm the CEO. I'm the founder. He's the first person. I think he was about number 25 or 30 on the list. He's the first person to, to, to actually greet me by name. Hmm. Legal things like that make you stand out because people are losing the human element. If you can take the time to say, yes, my business exists to make money. Yes, we are here for that reason. But still just take one minute to remember that you're dealing with humans. Mm-hmm. And this is why all this storytelling for business, storytelling for business. That's why people want to know the story behind the founder of the business, behind the entrepreneur, because they still crave that human element in business. If you can remember that, you will stand out like that guy. He was the first one that I messaged. I said, yes, I'd love to have him on my show.
1: Simple things. Simple things.
0: Look how small that is. Hi, Roberta. Nah, then, by the time he started the story, I felt seen. I felt like he actually sees me as a human being and not just somebody to use to, you know, promote himself and his
1: services. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because... Uh... I think we've gotten to a stage where it's been um, automate, streamline, systematize, do all these things. And even for myself, like I do that as well. Um, But what you're saying is you have to, at each stage, insert the human connection pieces. So you don't lose it while you're doing all of these automation and everything in your business.
0: Please remember. Yes. The systems are there. And Yes, the system will be here and it automates and it makes things fast for us. And we need that for convenience. But the mm-hmm. people behind the desk, when they speak to you on the phone, mm-hmm. if they can just take 10 seconds to put the human element part of it and say, hey, yes, Ms. Shauna, what can I do for you? Instead mm. of Yes, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. They don't even know your name. <laughs> Little things like that, you know. And, and the thing about being an entrepreneur, what makes you stand out, like I said, it's your story.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: here's what my one guest said he says there's 10,000 accountants and they all do your books and they're all going to do it, all the things the auditing, the taxing, everything Mm -hmm. what's going to be different about you? Knowing the story about you, the human part of you, not just being an accountant it's going to make them connect and say, ah, that person had a similar upbringing to me or they see things the way I do because of how they are this is the person I want to do my books, and those who resonate with another accountant will go to another accountant, and that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely true. It's um, it's interesting because um, even from my my experience, I know when I'm looking for specific people, I'm looking to see did they have experience doing X, did they have some familiar, familiarity. Working with someone who's in certain industry and you know sometimes even the, the when I look at uh, it's funny because if I look at my my natural habits when I go on a website, I go to the home page, I look at what the services are, and then I go to the about Yes, because you want to know about them And whenever I see the generic about pages, I tend to go, okay, and then I search again to see if I find the owner which is very interesting now that you said that. So there is a component to that storytelling that I think definitely should really be at the top of the list of everything.
0: Can I ask you something? If you if you go to two different websites, same service, and the about page just starts with, I'm the CEO and founder of, and the other one starts with, growing up in the South Side, this is what I experienced and I got to learn that this and this and that whose website are you going to go back to
1: i probably will remember the second one yeah
0: what about it
1: because it's probably the story that's going to link me back to it yeah Mm. and the story
0: is the human part of him not the not just the business but everybody's doing business the human part of him leading to the business Mm. What's one story we love to tell about Jeff Bezos? Oh, he used to start, he started in a garage. He started in a garage. We all want to remember that he started in a garage because what it does is it creates this possibility in us that we can also do mm-hmm. great things starting in our garages. Yeah. But somebody no. who was given a million dollars at birth as a trust fund, can you relate to that person? That's
1: true. That's a very interesting point. So, if you're so, so one of the key things is is really nailing down kind of the story behind who you are when you're communicating, and tagging that back to your audience to create a deeper connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Because at the end of the day, what connects us is what's going to make us do business and build that long term
1: relationship.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, what if you are so? there are people at different levels. So you have people Mm -hmm. that are just starting out that could probably afford to do that one-to-one. And then you have people who have, uh, they're a bit busier. They're at more of a growth stage and don't have always that ability to do more touch points, like frequent touch points. How would they implement more of those kind of touch points from a communication standpoint? that would create that relationship, even though they're not necessarily always in the the direct one-to-one customer engagement.
0: So how will the ones that are higher up on the ladder mm-hmm. develop the communication skills? So that means they're communicating with the subordinates?
1: So they're more, so yeah, so they have a team that works for them. So that team mm-hmm. is pretty much like communicating the brand and they might be communicating at a more larger scale so either they're doing like more group activities or they're doing summits or they might do a more high high ticket high touch event mm-hmm. so how would they still build that that communication or that relationship without even though they don't have that direct one to one all the time does that make sense
0: right build the relationship with the businesses they do the with the customers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there, there's different ways that, like you said, because they're busy depending on their schedules and depending on um, how the business system is set up. But just generally, one, it's good to get feedback, first of all, from the for front runners mm, okay. it, who actually talk to the customers. First, you get that feedback, but also you want – Some of your customers, hopefully all if time allows, but just want some of them to know your face, you know, to know you personally and whether you have a like a schedule of, you know, twice a week during lunchtime on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, phone one of our main customers or one of our B2B uh, partners just to check on how things are going and things like that. Because the thing is, other than just checking how business is going and being updated on what's going on, you also want to know one or two things about them. If last time you heard that from one of our subordinates that, you know, the wife was in hospital or they just had a baby, you know, you want to mention that. It matters to people. But I know that a lot of the time we wonder – Am I crossing boundaries? Is that too much to say? Should my subordinate have said that about them? Maybe this was just private information, whatever it is. I know sometimes it can be murky waters, but there's a way to do, to talk business 90% of the conversation and then mm-hmm. add the, you know, I heard about your wife. I heard about your brother. How's that going? And then back to business. So mm-hmm. that, you know, because I know a lot of us are afraid calls get recorded. There's just a lot of micromanaging going on with all the systems and the AI in place. But you're still in everything you do as, pos- as far as possible at the human element. Let them let people see that you see them.
1: Yes, yes. No, I love that. And I think one of the things that, you know, even if you like just do kind of share on my end, like one of the things I do is I record some of those things in like the CRM mm. to like get a good sense of uh, a profile for that person. Yeah. So if I know yeah. some life changing event happened, I would put a note in it. So when I go back, it could pick up those information. So if I ever have to talk to that person or right. if someone right. has to talk to that person, they have some of those um, kind of more personal things in there so that you can share that. And of Absolutely. course, do it within like privacy rules and guidelines, because you don't want to keep information that you don't need to.
0: Um,
1: sure. But uh, definitely, those are some of the things that, I, you know, From for myself, like, if I know that something happened, they either got a job, or they got a uh, promotion, or their kids are going into university, or something's happening, then I'll put a yeah. note, just to say, so and so just had a baby, a, a, you know, or their, their kid just graduated university. And just kind of keep that top of mind. So that's just a little okay. cheat in case, like anybody anybody from your team is like uh, communicating with someone, they could mm. just add important stuff that they've added in. Either they said, "Oh, you know, I missed your call because, you know, it was so busy at work." Maybe to even just note that mm. to say, "Oh, you know, last time we chat, you were busy at work. How do things go? Hopefully, everything went well." Something to kind of acknowledge that.
0: Because imagine if, as a customer, knowing that when you talk to the front desk, mm-hmm. the boss knows about you as well. When mm-hmm. they call just to check if the account is everything's okay with the account and the service they're providing. And he mentions that. How much does that
1: mean to you? A lot. I I went to a lodge a couple of years ago, me and my partner we went to a lodge a couple of years ago. And it was interesting because before that, I was watching uh, or I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about personalizing um, guest experience. And uh, one of the and they they personalized the experience we had um, with the towels, the type of towels, the, the type mm-hmm. of um, sense that I I said that I liked. So everything in that lodge actually had some of the things that I kind of self-identified but I didn't realize I was self-identifying for them to actually put it out.
0: That's how much them. attention they paid. Yeah. 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 So, so about it sorry to interrupt you personal to actually write cards. Yes. I had a guest who I was so surprised that's the first written handwritten card I've had in I don't know. Because we even on Facebook, that's where we wish happy birthdays now, no more cards. And for her to send me both her book for free mm. and the card saying, Hi, Roberta, thank you for letting me be on your podcast. And she actually wrote it by hand.
1: Really? That's like, that's a rarity.
0: <laughs> it's been over a year. I haven't forgotten her. That's how much that touched me. Imagine being, uh, you know, a a chief operating officer and you have a stack of blank cards on your desk. And if something happens with one of your subordinates or a customer or another company you do business with and something happens and you just write it with your hand, Hi, so -so, congratulations on on your wedding or your engagement or arrival of a new baby,
1: uh, they will never forget that. That's true. That's true, and and this is where communication gets can be translated into so many different variations based on just the experience you want that person to have, because that's what you want them to remember, especially in business. Uh, like, what do you want them to remember? So, what role do you find confidence play in communication in general? Um. When I do my
0: inner work seminars, it amazes me how much who we are as grown ups. It all stems from childhood. Whether it's, Shauna, you talk too much. You must stop talking. Kids aren't supposed to talk this much. And then you stop talking and you become shy. And you don't express yourself and your confidence goes down. Or whatever might have happened, or however you might have witnessed how. When you spoke up, the reception you received, because remember as kids, we want to be loved, we want to be accepted, we want to belong. Mm-hmm. And that grows up with you. And then as a grown up, you you learn the skills, you got your master's, your PhD and whatnot, and then you start the job. First of all, some people have lost jobs. While having A's from Harvard just because they could not speak up, they didn't have the confidence to express to the interview panel what they're capable of and what they bring into the table if they get hired. That's mm-hmm. the first step. And then secondly, if you do get the job, when the boss says out of the ten of you, who's gonna go to that company and uh, make a presentation and tell them what we do?" you're not gonna raise your hand. You start looking at others and see who's gonna be brave enough to raise their hand because you're not going. And those are the people who are going to get noticed. Those are the people who are going to get noticed by other companies. That's how they get offers, better offers from where they are, because they speak up. They are confident enough to stand in front of strangers and say, this is what we do. This is who I am. So you miss out on those opportunities,
1: which means Mm -hmm. you're
0: going to miss out on accelerating your career, because if you don't have confidence to speak within the five of you in the project team, They ask themselves, how is she going to have the confidence to lead a project team of 10? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then if your boss says, I have the authority to tell you what to do, Sean, you must go and make this presentation. I don't care how you feel. When you, you are going to just completely freeze, if you do get through it, it's going to be an excruciating experience. You will do it just because it's the job. And you will hate your job. You'll say, back to what my boss said in the beginning, when I went to study, I wanted to sit on a cubicle and talk to no one. Now I'm doing these presentations. It affects your professional career more or less every step of the way.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: also your personal relationships get negatively affected. Mm-hmm. Especially as women. I know men go through this too. But how many times have you heard a woman say, Uh, my boyfriend or my husband said this, I was, you know, I was afraid to tell them how much it hurt me. I was Mm -hmm. afraid to tell them how much that, how that affects me, or that they shouldn't do it again, or this is the boundary. We, We don't have boundaries. We let people trample over us. Or sometimes confidence, lack of confidence comes in the form of you, you become conflict avoidant. So instead of raising the issue, you're afraid that you don't know how you're going to handle yourself because you don't know how this is going to pan out. And therefore, you just don't mention it at all mm-hmm. when actually it means that much to you. So it doesn't mm-hmm. just affect you professionally in a negative way, but even in personal relationships as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think even when you when you think of yourself, um, when you have teams and you have, you're a business owner, it it affects kind of even how you make decisions, because if you have someone where they've either pushed back or they're not meeting your expectation, one of the first things that come up is, I need to address it, but I don't want to address it. And you, you avoid that Yeah, so you avoid that conversation. But that could be because you don't feel confident enough to push back and say, no, this is what I want. This is what I said. This is what I expect let's if you can't do it, let's move on. So it's 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 important. So based on what you're saying, it's really important to really check kind of where you are in terms of your own confidence level when it comes to communication. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to kind of how it shows up and how it affects your day to day, the it affects the value that you put forward and how people will perceive it at the end.
0: That's right. You know, employee engagement is gets lower and lower as more of them have less confidence because they're not going to suggest anything. They're not going to take the initiative to do something unless the boss says so. The boss has enough to handle on his plate. He cannot be thinking for everybody. Sometimes bring something as well. But if you don't have confidence, like you said, they're not going to make a decision mm. unless the boss checks it off. But the boss is on a weekend getaway. So it's going mm-hmm. to be
1: waiting until Monday? Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting because uh, if someone said, okay, so and it because that person, and if I take like your boss, for instance, your old boss, mm. he was a professional. He was pr- probably pretty good at what he did. But the part that was missing was he didn't want to talk to people. And not because he couldn't, he just didn't want to and didn't feel Probably he told himself
0: he's an introvert, like most people. He said, I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to people, especially politicians. Oh, no, please. I want to
1: sit on my desk and do my cat drawings. <laughs> and in his case, he decided to, to push through it. But the journey for someone who's sitting at the desk saying, I don't want to do this, but I know I have to do that. How do they make that leap? Like, is it more of a self-conversation or is it always that they need to go and kind of get a coach or to work with someone to get there?
0: First, like you said, make a decision. If you, mm. One, if you decide that you need to do something about it because you don't want to be stuck there forever, make the decision that I need to do something about this. Okay. Mm. I need to increase my lev- my confidence levels and I need to work on my communication skills. Find a mentor, a coach, someone that will be your accountability partner because nobody expects you to to do anything alone. And what an accountability partner does is hopefully you find a really good one who's going to balance out the I give you compliments when you do well and when you're keeping to the promises you made to yourself about this journey. And Mm -hmm. I will call you out. If you, you know, step out of the way, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on this, but you are the captain of the ship. All right. Mm-hmm. And then in, in the, and just like I said, always practice, always practice. Whether you practice in front of the mirror, in front of your friends, in front of your, somebody said, my boss said i was supposed in front of my cat, in front of your cat. It's not going to give you much feedback other than meow, but <laughs> you practice. Because anything takes work. You know the rule of 10,000 hours? That's mm-hmm. what makes you an expert in it. Anything takes work. But mm-hmm. start on it because you're going to be better two weeks from now in your presentation and communication skills than you are today if you do something in the next two weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so, a lot of that is starting with the self awareness piece and then moving into the conversation around okay, where do I want to be? Mm -hmm. And working towards that. So if you, so, and even for myself, I think this was one of the biggest blockage for me was communicating to the masses, Mm -hmm. like doing broad scale um, either summits or presentations to a big group. What have you noticed have been the roadblock? And I feel like we already kind of touched on probably something around there. But mm-hmm. uh, what do you think are some of the roadblocks when it comes to business owners going out there and communicating to the masses? Because a lot of times that's part of the job. You have to yeah. have a big audience. You have to probably present. You probably get opportunities to to do speaking gigs. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised. I know people, I have friends who have said no to things and when I ask the question, why didn't you go? They're like, no, it just didn't feel right. But I didn't, I I. I don't, I've I never like, understood why they felt it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. When they were qualified for it, someone wouldn't ask you if you weren't qualified for it to come and speak for yeah. a big audience. But they didn't do it. So what, it, what are some of the things that you've noticed in terms of uh, what holds people back from taking on some of these big opportunities?
0: Again, confidence. That whole I didn't feel right is you are saying, I don't feel like I'm qualified for this. You know, you got some of us, if the job says I'm looking for a master's candidate and you have a PhD, you still don't think you're qualified. And then you're like my cousin in the Netherlands, he's got a bachelor's, he applied for a master's job and he got it. (laughs) So it's a confidence issue. Secondly, your story, when you know why you do what you do, and you tell that story from the bottom of your heart, people will feel that and they will resonate with that. Your story of why you started your business, what your motivation was, what life experiences brought you to this point and why you think your story and the services you render are going to add value to people, they will see that. And then when you remember, again, it's about them. Mm-hmm. It's about them, and you will build relationships. When I say build, another thing about relationships quickly is, um if people don't buy the first time from you, for instance, mm-hmm. you don't just leave that and say, you know what, I want nothing to do with them. I hope I never see them for the rest of your life. No, you never know. They might not make a decision right now for whatever reason, but if you continue to value them and see them as people, one day they
1: come back. It's kind of
0: like going back to to someone who ditched me just because that first day he was selling, I didn't buy anyone, did nothing to do with me. Even when I'm in a position to buy in the future, they are the last person I want in because I know they just see dollar signs when they see me. But if you just, okay. And you still treat them well, just because they did not buy the, you never know when they're going to make the decision to come back. Just remember that.
1: I love that you said that because that in itself is um, it's part of that connection. Because when you make that connection, that's the first step of that relationship building, right? Mm. And it's like going back to the, the the postcard. They took the time to write something and built that connection with you. That one year later, you're still you still I remember.
0: remember. I, I saw his her handwriting. Yes. <laughs> Who writes handcards and it with nobody? We all type on Facebook, happy birthday, Shauna. Oh, Facebook says Shauna's birthday today. Happy birthday, shauna and then you move on
1: to the next thing and you start scrolling. she wrote <laughs> it by hand. So this is so the important pieces, even just from this conversation, is not only it's a self-awareness, mm-hmm. um, having the confidence and uh, also removing the ego from the the conversation if you ever have to have that. Um, if you ever have to have any form of difficult conversation and mm-hmm. focusing on the person and who's in front of you. That's right. So I know you gave like really great tips throughout the conversation, but what are three things that you can share with folks about how they can get better at communication or how they can become uh, more of an effective communication communicator in the future?
0: Uh, it's back to soft skills again. So the first one would be, like I said, when you understand yourself, so the self-awareness exercise is tied to the inner work exercise, which is find out how you communicate and why you, you know, you are triggered by something or when people, Say things or say them in a certain way, why you react as it. Learn to understand yourself first because you can then explain it to them and they can understand you. Mm -hmm. And then find out, are you a conflict avoidance type? How How did you witness conflict being handled when you were growing up? Because most likely that's how you handle conflict if you don't avoid it altogether. If everybody was screaming at each other, possibly there's a link to that and what you see at a customer screaming at a target customer service agent just because they don't have a receipt and the policy says they should bring a receipt for returns. So Mm -hmm. understand yourself well enough and help others understand you. And then, like I said, in anything, put in your 10,000 hours. If you want to mm-hmm. learn communication skills, get a mentor, get a coach, start doing the work, and be, be gentle with yourself. Don't expect to be a Tony Robbins' confidence level by next week. That's not how that works. Be gentle with yourself, but do the work. And just remember, anytime you go to speak,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you are serving the 100%. audience. Yeah. This is not about you on your ego trip. Can I tell you something? There are people who speak perfectly. Barely anybody remembers them. Perfect suit, perfect tie, everything. Their speech is so perfect. Nobody laughed, nobody moved. Barely anybody remembers that. Only in anything you do in business, always put the human element. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting because you would think that the more polished you are, the more response you're going to get. But in this case, you're saying... It's less about that. It's more about you bringing yourself to the table, being engaging and being authentic in your delivery. So it's all—it's mainly about the delivery as opposed to like everything that's being polished and how those like nicely laid out words.
0: Because people can't relate to that. Who's polished? Who's perfect? <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> if you're perfect, please call me. If Shona will leave my phone at the Shona's but Nobody is. People cannot relate to that. And as uh, communications coaches, mm-hmm. we don't want people thinking this is so high up and so impossible to be to be a speaker that you only should be polished and perfect. We don't yeah. want that. We don't want people thinking that. There's already the fear existing. We don't want people adding to that by thinking unless I'm as perfect as this TEDx guy. Um, no. That's not the that's not the goal. Yeah, communication is about connection. That the goal
1: is not perfection.
0: I actually had a guest whose whose podcast that's their motto.
1: Yeah. Oh, communication is about connection, not perfection. Exactly. I love that. That that should be a bumper sticker. Honestly. No, it's a because, you know what, I think that's when we when you're thinking about the confidence piece, I think that's 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 the main part of why people aren't putting their hands up because they Mm. think they have to be perfect. That's right. So
0: so it's about connection, but you're not going to connect to someone that is out of reach. You know what I mean? Somebody that you think, oh, so in order to be a speaker, You have to speak so perfectly. I'm never going to get there. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We don't want that going to people's heads, that it makes it such an impossible, you know, mountain to climb.
1: We don't want that. Yeah, and even from my own experience, the more you do it, Mm. the better you get. So it takes, it's almost like when I first started doing, um, live interviews or when i did my first workshop it was um it was so nerve-wracking because i it would take me days in advance to like prep for it mentally not even the word not 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 the slides not all the stuff the slides were one thing but just to prepare just like i'm doing this i'm doing this Mm. but the more the more i did it over time it was like oh okay it's tomorrow yeah, I probably should read something, shouldn't I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and it doesn't mean you take it for granted. And here's the thing: um, when uh, let, let's podcasting, for example, I started mm-hmm. more than it's been what it's going to do more than a year ago. If you listen to my first few interviews, yo, I was rough around the edges. <laughs> I, I feel like everybody goes through
1: that. But, everybody but here, knows through here's that. here's the key. Here's the key.
0: I had attended a three-day masterclass, six hours a day, 18 hours of podcast uh, training on how to start a podcast. I would not, and even after all this time, I still don't remember everything I learned during the masterclass. It was a lot, six hours a day. Mm-hmm. See? Here's the key. The more you do it, you learn along the way of doing. Hmm.
1: So you need to start. So there you go. Roberta's tips. You just need to get started. Whatever it is, just do it.
0: Fail forward, as they say, fail forward, start, make a mess of it. And like, huh, oh, that part is mess. Oh, this part I did really good. All right, so the next episode, here's what we're going to do. We're going to fix that, and then we're going to continue with that. That part's got to Okay, let's do this again. That's how you handle this. When you do your speeches, you record them. Everything you could record on your phone, you record yourself, oh. you
1: start, please. Mm, there you go. So what's next for you, Roberta? What are you up to the next couple of months, year? What's going on?
0: So what I'm thinking of doing, and actually we've been talking about this, um, with this podcast uh, space, what we're trying to do next. So now I need to go on more podcasts because so far, just like this one, so far it's just been me. But um what I'm thinking of, what what I've done is I've developed relationships where mm-hmm. there's a lot of partnering, not just on podcasting, but also on potential projects to work on together. Because when you're on podcast, just like you, Shona, when you're on podcast, you tend to have people that you have so much in common with. And therefore, um, you say, hey, wait a minute. How about we do this? And the ideas start to prop up, which is why you need a crowd. You need to surround yourself people who are smarter, like Shauna, who will give you ideas. And you think, wait a minute, that sparked something in my head and things like that. So that's how um, you, you you start to say, wait a minute. huh?" So that's uh, I find that in the next few months, some of my podcast guests who have become friends and we've developed those kinds of relationships, we're going to be doing some things. I'll keep you
1: posted. Oh, I love that. Okay. So where can people find you to learn more about all these new and exciting things that are coming up? Okay.
0: So the first place, which I always recommend
1: is my podcast.
0: Um, uh, If you go to Google, I'm going to write Mm -hmm. on the show notes. So if you go to Google speaking and communicating podcast, That's the podcast. You listen to it on iTunes and Spotify and Buzzsprout. And also um, you can go to my Instagram is coach and speaker, all one word, no hyphens, nothing. Just one word, coach and speaker, no spaces, nothing. Plus you can find me on Facebook. We have a private page called Eloquent Speakers Club. So speaking and communicating podcast and then on Facebook, Eloquent Speakers Club. And then on Instagram, you can find me on Coach and Speaker. All one word, small letters, no hyphens, no... What
1: else do they put in there? The underscore. <laughs> awesome. So I'll put everything in the show notes. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're interested, if anybody's interested in reaching out to Roberta, Check her, check out her Instagram, check out her podcast. It's on Spotify and Mm -hmm. all the major streaming um, apps that are out there. And if you want to reach out to her, um, definitely check out either her Facebook or her Instagram and even LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn. You can write my name and full name and full answer. Yeah, there you go. And you can find her there. So Roberta, this was such a great conversation. I am so glad we finally did this. Finally,
0: thank you, technology, for coming through this time.
1: (laughs) I know we were trying to do this for a while, and then yeah, it was just yeah. But we got there. We got there.
0: Thank you Time
1: with healing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Really grateful to have you on the podcast, and I will definitely keep you posted with all the information related to how to find Roberta, how to reach out to her, and check out her podcast. And there are tons and tons of tons of really great guests on her podcast that shares lots of good information. Um, She does work with a lot of people in corporate, but a lot of the, the information that's being shared there can be applied to your everyday life and even to help you to apply to your business. So check it out and, you know, give her a follow. Okay, so thank you again, Roberta. Thank you, Shana, for having me. Thank you to your listeners. Thank you for listening to the Scale to Grow podcast. To work with us or access free resources, head over to www.concaveservices.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. See you on the next episode.